The party was able to defeat the Avatar of Delveth, but now my keel seems to be gone and the boundaries between the planes are crumbling. Can the C-Team change the world back to the way it was? Do they even want to? Welcome to the Campaign Diaries for the Order of My Keel, Book 2, A New World, Episode 1, Not Durgesh Nandini. The sky above showed tears and unreality, and the remaining travelers used the doorknob to head back, as Marcus had left to go serve his mistress. And they returned to the manor house, as they appear, Reardon smiles and greets them. Hello, my masters. Would you like an update on the progress of the tower? After settling his payment with John, the party hears a knock at the door. A pair enters the manor, but the voice of one is unmistakable. Isaac, the succubus from Vornick's castle. The succubus that I had captured and given to Acestra as punishment for his crimes. The same Isaac has an offer for the party. He would give the location of Ben Easton's soul, John's brother, which had unfortunately been trapped in a soul coin. As long as the party does what it does best, destroy that which is in front of them. Isaac claimed that the Rakshasa that holds the coin is his rival, and putting her down would just be a help to him. All he needed to do was point the destructive force at the target and let it go. He even sweetened the pot a little bit by mentioning that their target, Bashana Baga, tried to retire to some mine in West Bangladesh. Very close to where now the demi-plane of Sri Raji had crashed into the material plane with the C-team, destroying the final seal. If the Rakshasa who rules Sri Raji teamed up with Bishana Baga, Isaac claimed there could be real problems. Also as a sign of good faith, Isaac offered the services of an Anatoly, some hussar bard that he had snatched up in Lithuania before being ratted out by Thaddeus Kazusko. So, after finding out that the image of Isaac was simply a illusion that Anatoly was playing, the party decides to discuss with him a little bit. And John realizes he might be able to get new weapons, seeing Anatoly's new carbine, realizing that gun technology is maybe more advanced than he had thought, at least if you had enough money. Now that he does, he seems interested. Drongi also comes and tells Azurak he's been working on something, refining his teleportation. He overheard Isaac's proposition, and while the Indian subcontinent is quite a long ways away, he still thinks he might be able to get them there. The group decides that's probably the best course, but Drangi says he'll need at least another week to be able to take a whole group. He needs to practice.
as they question Anatoly, they realize that Anatoly's soul is also held by Isaac. Isaac had promised to give his soul back if he completes the mission. A simple deal. He can kill the Rakshasa and free Ben Easton's soul. Then he gets his soul released from Isaac. He also offers to help and is quite familiar with the party. So the party decide to go out to the Sanguine Dawn Inn and check in with their normal contacts. As soon as they walk in, they see an eerily familiar face. Well, belonging to a person not known to them, Thomas Higgins, claiming to be an American from Massachusetts, who has a very strong resemblance to Gus, but is wearing a mustache. He said he had come to Europe to earn his fortune. The party has somewhat level heads and decides not to kill the man. Instead, head to the back room, trying to learn about Persephone. Ralph is beside himself, worried, saying that Persephone had fallen unconscious, really since about the avatar of Delbin arrived. Seems that Michael was no longer suffusing her with some form of energy, or she had collapsed, is not certain, but she seemed to be in a coma. Physically fine, but not able to be revived, even by magic. And so the party continue to check in, do their normal things for a week. They check back in at the end near the end of the week to see how things are going. And Marcus arrives, showing up quite disheveled and demanding alcohol. When he asks what year it was, everyone's a little uncertain about his question. He demands again to know what time it is, what year, where is he? When they tell him it was a week after he left, he chuckles, making some comment about his mistress and the ironies. Marcus claims he's been sent back to keep an eye on helping out this group. Apparently the mission is of importance to his mistress. He also seems happy that he might be able to help John out. And so the newly assembled full party head to Drongi, who's able to transport them to West Bangladesh, seemingly without a problem. They find themselves on a jungle path. Drongi reaches out his feelings and says that he's pretty sure they're near Kolkata, that he's gotten them about as far as he can. They should be able to figure out what they need to do from here and departs. Then a woman bursts onto the scene, screaming in fear, blood raining down her face and from her limbs, scratches everywhere, her clothes very, very worn, soiled, and tattered. The party looks around, and they find themselves ambushed by several tigers, all led by some were-tiger. At the conclusion of the battle, they're able to save the woman and remove the curse on the were-tiger, who introduces himself as Jahid. The woman, Tiga, was holding some ceramic statue, but Jahid claims that it was more than they seemed. After some back and forth between Tiga and Jahid, they decide to make their way to Paket to talk to a Sidrathi, a university scholar who specializes in arcane items. Jahid believes that he was the one who met, found the statue before Tiga and her evil priestesses of Kali 
had taken it from him. And so they head into town and talk to Sidrathi. Sidrathi informs him that, yes, in fact, there is a powerful artifact within, a silver tiger inside of the ceramic one, that this is a special silver designed to kill the lord of this domain, Arajani. The legend says that only an outsider can use an arrow of pure silver to kill Arajani, and that the priestesses of Kali had melted down the arrow into the tiger form, hoping to save her, since Arajani was the son of Kali. As they're talking, the party gets ambushed by a batal and some human assassins, the assassins sneaking in from both the front and the back and the batal barging in from the front. The party rush out to meet the assassins on each side. They're not able to save Sidrathi during the battle, but Eloran's magic divinely pulls his soul back into his body, revivifying him. After they begin to look around from the defeated assassin attack, Sidrathi agrees that he can, in fact, help the party. He'll try and find someone who can smelt down this tiger statue. Hearing that he needs bullets, he believes that, that may be a good plan, since bullets are piercing and something about the arrow needs to remain intact if it's to be used as a weapon. He goes into further detail about Arjani, his mother being the high priestess of Kali, that Arjani is himself a demigod to a Rakshasa god. The party begin to discuss where Bashina Bashana Baga would be so they can get on with the mission to find the soul coin that holds Ben's soul. They figure that they can check back in with Sidrathi and get their sacred weapons that they feel they need to kill Arijani. And so they decide that they're going to head out with Jahid helping them to head towards the mines. Now it's time for some DM's thoughts. A couple of notes. I forgot to pre-record on this particular session what I anticipated would happen. I kind of got rushed. I wanted to start the next session after I'd gotten things backed up and running, and everyone was excited to get the C-team running. So, uh, And I hadn't listened to all the podcasts until it was too late for me to be able to organize my life and pre-record a what I expect to happen. I should be able to make amends for that before our next session, um, but... Uh, that's why you don't have that. You just kind of have the recap. I also want to have one other quick admin note. I, you know, the super high production quality that I have here, I misspoke some lore. Uh, Arjani is not, in fact, uh, a son of Kali, but of one of Kali's high priestesses. But his divine heritage comes from the Rakshasa deity, who is his father. Um and on that, uh, so I did something bad. Um, I had started to, and I think the 
everyone had a much better time when I was sticking to the Lazy Dungeon Master's Guide by Sly Flourish. Uh, he has kind of a, an outline, but part of that was building some secrets and clues and coming up with some magic items and making each session special and unique. There was quite a lot of lore drop as we tried to get everything up and running again. Uh, and I tried to get my, I guess, DM legs back in underneath me for this. So um, I didn't stick to that plan. And I feel like the session was just slow and laborious. Um, I think there were some fun things we had, right? We had the surprise of uh, the fake Gus, um, just because in the intervening months, we had had a lot of conversation about frustrations with Gus. So I thought it would be really interesting, funny to have kind of the classic soap opera. You know, he has a mustache, so he's actually somebody different, uh, but he has the same face. Um, but actually make that true, um, you know, just to keep things light and fun, um, uh, so we don't get too serious. Uh, I also forgot about, um, in the initial recap, I didn't mention that Isaac had been captured previously, which means that no one in the party had asked how Isaac had gotten out of Acestra's grasp, um, and so that's kind of my bad. I didn't mention some of the side quests that had happened and didn't have time to really write out a full recap. Um, I think in a, another universe where I had more time, I would have written out a better recap and tried to pre-record portions of it, or at least pre-record portions that I could have played, like things they heard from my Kiel and Delbin and some of the other uh, main figures that I could have distortion with. But I didn't have time to write it out, so I just kind of went on the fly going off of what I remember and listening to some of the old podcasts to try and make sure I was up on what actually happened. Um, you know, because I write out a lot of the lore of what is happening, and then what happens in session doesn't always match what I think was going to happen. I have to improvise some, and the notes don't always sync up. Um, so anyway, I, I just think that the session was less exciting than it could have been. I think everyone was just really excited for the return of the C team. I think everyone's got a lot of emotional attachment to the characters and the plot is unique and interesting enough that, um, you know, they're kind of pulled in by it. So um, I hope kind of in book two that that is replicated. Um, there were a couple of fun, I guess, DM moments, fundamentally. There was a couple of times, especially because it was everyone kind of getting back into it. We had a lot of character or player-on-player uh, -player actions, PCs interacting with each other, and I could kind of just sit back and let let the fun happen, uh, which I really enjoy. I really like it when the PCs interact. Um, and I'm hoping, again, what was one of my goals of book two was that we'd have a lot more personal things. So while Sri Raji is kind of a totally contrived and made up thing, their goal is after something a little uh, more direct and tangible, right? The soul for John and trying to come up with an arc that would um, kind of deal with that. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of fun and interesting development. John's character has changed a lot in the last couple of months uh because of book the adventures of book one and he hasn't seen his brother since childhood so i'll be able to i think create some interesting foil uh and comparison that'll create some interesting 
play by having John's brother out, assuming that they are able to free him um, and be able to do similar things with other portions of the characters' backstories and be able to dive more into it. Obviously, at some point, the characters are going to try and either rebuild the world and put the seals back in place or maybe reform it in a way that they choose. Um, and that'll afford different opportunities for different types and styles of play. Um, and then I guess one of my other goals was to include some interaction with the A-team. So we had done a couple A-team quests um, and they had developed characters. I think that the players like those characters. They exist in the same universe. There's no reason why those high-level characters can't come down and interact with um, these characters. The, I've already let them know that the level progression is going to be much, much slower than it was previously. So I think that that will be good. Uh, the only other thing that I I need to probably think better about, and I'll end up probably having to do some artificial stuff. I did some minor nerfs to some of the magic items and stuff. And I just got to make sure that that's all online. You know, really I'm trying to balance not taking away player coolness. And I think for anything that there was a problem with that, that we've got backup coolness that'll be fine. So I don't think any players are going to feel left out that their PCs are um, not cool enough. Um, you know, because um, I want to make sure that the players are fully engaged in all of the uniqueness that is their character. Um, but I've got to, you know, ratchet down the power level. It's really tough to think about and plan encounters as we get to these higher levels. And fundamentally, I think even as high as the C team is that the encounters are mostly going to be about choices or uh, more long-term puzzles, things like, okay, well, we decided to do this and this and the world changed in these ways rather than here's monsters, go kill. Here's monsters, go kill. We'll see if I'm able to actually do that. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, so as it was, I think the fights were pretty tame. Um, you know, they fought some tigers and a were tiger, which I knew that they would just easily destroy in a couple of rounds. And then, uh, they fought a kind of reskinned revenant and some assassins, which I knew were going to be a pretty easy fight. I added a couple of, I feel like fun things to the fight. They were attacking from different portions of the house and they couldn't see outside the house. I was able to do that with dynamic lighting, which was a recommendation one of my players made in a A-team fight where I had you know a bunch of monsters and they were like, this actually would have been more interesting if we couldn't see everything that was happening. We had to kind of react to what was happening. And then of course I had the, um, you know, the, the target was there and was a weak, regular old human. So they had to defend uh, their flag, as it were, from the enemy coming to capture it, uh, which creates different situations. They were able, you know, they kind of failed that, but then were able to revivify them. So it was ultimately, you know, passed. Um, so, and maybe Sidrathi will have some long-term effects. We've seen that just because you bring your soul put back into your body doesn't always mean that you're super good and happy with your experience. So 
Um, that's kind of all I've got. I don't want to get into too much. Um, I do think that what I've got planned for the next one, kind of a preview, the uh, Vashana Baga, it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm playing with a few things. So we'll see ultimately how it goes. Um, integrating, basically making the entire session one giant puzzle, at least a puzzle of sorts, um, and having them put together information. Depending on how they put it together, it will change the outcome possibilities that are available. So, uh, and then from that, I'll try and get some feedback from the players, assuming that that's the sort of challenge that they find interesting in terms of puzzle integration, then I'll keep doing that. Uh, and there should be a couple of interesting encounters, just straight up good fights, um, you know. Uh, so we'll see. All right. That's all I got. Stay safe.